0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Building Code. I'm Charlie burt And
1: I'm Courtney Matern.
0: Courtney is back in the studio. We are very excited. Uh, a little insider info for you guys. We actually have not left the studio. This is our back-to-back recording here. Uh, Courtney continues to kill it. Um, and we have another very exciting guest today. Courtney, who you have?
1: We have Suzanne Mariga. She is an author and a fractional CFO. She knows numbers, she knows profitability and it's perfect timing because this episode drops just a few weeks before the Builder Show in February in Las Vegas. And we're talking all about profitability at that conference.
0: Yes. Profit, profit, profit. That is the name of the game for this episode and name of the game for 2024. So very exciting. Courtney and I, we were talking a little bit about before this, personal finances may need a little bit of work. So we brought in the expert, not a expert, the expert in profitability. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) without further ado, let's get her in here. Suzanne, welcome to The Building Code. We are so excited to have you today. Really appreciate you making the time to hang out with us on The Building Code. We always like to start off with just a brief introduction uh, about you and kind of how you ended up to where you are now.
2: Sure. Um, Well, I'm excited to be here on on The Building Code. Um, You know, I am a CPA. I've been practicing for over 20 years. I think there's a point that you stop counting. Um, And um, it was interesting because, you know, when I first got out of school, I went straight to Chicago, straight to Arthur Anderson, um, to their headquarters, and um, joined that world of, of accounting and tax. And later on, went to one of our competitors after You guys probably heard of that Enron case that happened in Houston that that really pivoted everybody's lives all around the world at the firm, um, went to one of their competitors. And about 16 years ago, I found myself having a a little girl. Um, At the time, I was responsible for the Toronto operations um, with the company that I was with. And um, was flying, and I was probably about seven months pregnant, and I realized that I had a hard time putting that armrest down because I was so pregnant and and realized that my life was about to change and um, wouldn't be able to fly every week the way that I had been flying in order to raise my daughter. And so, hence, I started our firm, our accounting firm, and um, and as soon as she was born, and, and, it, and it grew tremendously. You know, we had government contracts. We had a spin. Big, um, small business practice we ended up being a Goldman Sachs 10,000 we were listed in the Houston Business Journal and um, we were off to the races and so now I'm a CPA fractional CFO is what I do so I help companies really grow profitably, understand their numbers and scale their accounting systems to be able to make sure that are on track and identify when things go wrong
0: that's awesome I think that this is gonna be such a great interview um, we typically and I don't want to just lump everyone into one category, but a lot of uh, contractors that we talk to on here have been in the construction industry for a very, very long time, maybe family businesses. Um, they're coming up, they're trying to make it more efficient and develop processes and things like that, and are just incredible builders, uh, but are trying to figure out the business side of things. I don't know if we've ever had someone on the business side of things trying to relate back to the construction world, so I think it's going to be a really interesting um point of view that we haven't specifically had before um the other thing that i just want to call out because if people are watching on video they probably see the book behind you uh you're the author of profit first for minority business enterprises Uh, i would love to just hear a little bit more about that and how it could be beneficial for our listeners because i'm sure they're intrigued by your um, beautiful background behind you
2: thank you so this was like one of my life projects and it's actually part of the profit first family and Profit First is a book that was written by Mike McAllowitz. And and this one, you know, even though it's for minority businesses, I've had people that are not minorities that say, oh my gosh, this is a great book, especially the tax section. They love this book. And and really, what profit versus it's it's a system about creating intentional profitability. I think too many of us we start businesses because we absolutely love them, right? We love you know building those houses, you know, and 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 um, really helping people walk into their home of their dream, right? Is, is what our audience likes, but the reality is, you know, we we need to have something that we're working for, right? We need to be able to show the fruits of our labor and as a tax accountant you know i remember some of my first clients they would come in with their shoe boxes and and you could see the anxiety on their face and they were like you know so how much do i owe and and it was like this 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 point of anxiety. And I would look at him like, you've been operating this business all year and you don't know how much you owe. You don't know how much he made. Um I'm like, how do you run a business like that? With their eyes were and... like this, probably.
1: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: looking it at was, more. I mean, they were making me nervous for setting a tax return because they just didn't know, you know, And and what Profit First does is it creates intentional profitability. So it's a cash management system. It's not an accounting system. So guys, please don't go back to your account and be like, I want to do that new accounting system called Profit First. It is not a a accounting system that will make your CPAs hair go gray and maybe fall out. (laughs) Um, And it's literally a cash management system. And and how it works is that it works with your natural human tendencies. You know, I think as, as people, you know, there's something called Parkinson's law. The more there is of something, the more we're going to use of it. For example, um, if you give me um, you know, if if you take me to a buffet, right, we're going to say if you take me to Golden Corral, and and you show me all these plates, you know, I'm going to go in there kind of hungry, but I'm I'm not going to leave Golden Corral proud of myself, right? I'm going to see like the <laughs> salad bar, the dessert bar, you know, the the main courses and all the sides, and I am not going to leave Golden Corral proud of myself. But if you take me to an order of dinner where the plates are really small. I'm going to eat a lot, a lot less, right? And I'm doing that simply because of the plate size, what's available, the more there is, the more I'm going to consume. And that's the same way it is with money, right? As a construction company, you know, as soon as you're getting those checks in, those deposits in, you know, it feels like, oh my gosh, you know, today is a good day. You know, maybe I can, you know, go ahead and and buy those computers. Maybe I can, you know, go ahead and upgrade my office space into something nice, right? Or or get another truck, right, for, for my jobs. Um, And, and it's interesting because when that account is not so great, right, and and maybe we've got some late payments on those progressive billings that are coming through, right, I'm going to have anxiety, like, how am I going to make payroll? How, uh, I hope those subs don't come knocking on the door at the job site, right? Those are the things I'm going to be thinking about. And so what Profit First does is, you know, it creates a cash management system that works with your human, natural human tendencies. So what happens is we're going to use bank accounts. And kind of like Dave Ramsey's envelope system, we're going to have a bank account based upon each designated purpose. So one of the things that's going to happen is I'm going to have one account that's going to collect all of my deposits. So as soon as someone sends me a check, I'm going to deposit it in this one bank account. And then what happens is on the 10th and 25th of the month, I'm going to put together a cadence of transfers. And what that's going to look like is I'm going to transfer a percentage of my collections to my profit account, right? I'm going to transfer a percentage of my collections to my materials and subs because I got to make sure that my, my contractors get paid, right? Because they're doing my jobs and I want to work with them again. I'm going to transfer percentage to my owner's pay because as an owner, you know, when I ask my entrepreneurs, who is my most valued player? You know, they quickly go, oh, it's it's Jake, it's Susie, it's Courtney, you know, and but they never say themselves. And I'm like, what happens to the day that you step out of the business? When you step out of the business, it probably won't be able to run without you. And so you are the MVP and we need to compensate you as such. And then there's the other side, right? If you're successful, you've, you're obviously getting profit because you're making these transfers. You're obviously getting owner's pay. If you're driving that Bugatti, you're going to have a tax obligation, right? No matter how. <laughs> (laughs) how. how great your accountant is, you're gonna have some tax obligation. Now we're gonna use some great strategy, but you're gonna have a tax obligation. So what's gonna happen is we're gonna fund this tax account. We're gonna fund this tax account so that at the end of the year, when it's time to file taxes, you're not guessing how am I gonna pay last year's taxes with this year's money. That money's already set aside for taxes. And if we use great tax strategy, what that means is we're gonna get an extra profit distribution or bonus at the end of the year once we've done our taxes. And then the last account we're going to fund is our operating expenses. And so this is the account that I'm going to have to make decisions from. Like, can I really upgrade my office space? Can I get another subscription? Can I can I um, buy another truck, right? Those are my operating expenses. And so whatever's left after I fund my materials and subcontractors account, after I funded my profit account, after I funded my owner's pay account, after I funded my tax account, whatever is left is going to go to operating expenses. And so I'm going to make decisions based on what's, in that bank account. Right. I'm going to be using that, that really that Parkinson's law to make those decisions from that account.
1: I love what you just described because I've heard the term just for individuals of lifestyle creep. And it sounds like you've worked with businesses that have lifestyle creep where they start making more money and and they just keep spending it before they've designated where it should go for the future of their company. Is that what you see, that they just make irresponsible decisions and just they upgrade, upgrade, upgrade?
2: (laughs) And, you know, it's very easy to get into a new habit, right? New level, new devil, new opportunities, Mm. more spend. And and the one thing that I like about Profit First is you can have profitability and no matter what's happening in the economy, right? So an economy that's booming, you're gonna have profitability. An economy that things are tighter where you have to make different decisions, you're gonna have to, you can still be profitable, right? Because we are transferring a percentage of our collections into our profit account, into our owner's pay account, into our tax account, right? So, so no matter what's happening, we can still be profitable no matter what's going on in the economy. But what's different is, you know, a lot of times when I ask, business owners, you know, how do they make decisions, you know, they don't want to answer the question. And they don't want to answer the question, because they know that they're checking their bank account every single day to see what that balance is. You know, when it comes to like hiring somebody, do we have money to hire somebody? Do we have money to buy new equipment? They're looking at that bank account, right? And if it's, if it's a big balance day, it's a good day. If it's a low balance day, I'm thinking about how am I gonna make payroll next week, right? and 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 so really they're working with their natural tendency from that standpoint and they're they're working with that 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 system to create that intentional profitability and stay within that that budget of what cash is available
0: gosh that's I mean I'm personally getting fired up I'm like I'm gonna go home I'm gonna like I'm sit gonna down open and set my eight bank accounts. yeah exactly I'm gonna <laughs> pull out my Excel get my personal budget going again here and set the tax account up like yeah. So thank you for, uh, for five minutes into the interview here. And I'm already just yeah. like, this is a great one. Well,
1: I think what you said too, that sticks out is that no matter what's happening with the economy in the next two years, looking out ahead, this episode drops around, uh, right. We'll be just leading into the international builder show in Las Vegas. It's a new year. Everybody is excited about what they can do with their business, but there is uncertainty in the next couple of years, you know, there's elections, what's happening with the economy with, materials, with shortages. But what you're saying is there's a system to ensure that you're profitable no matter what is happening outside, you know, the walls of your business.
2: Exactly, and you know, it's interesting because you can really monitor those ratios. So like when I'm looking at allocating to that bank account, my my materials and subcontractors account, right? Which is what I'm using to pay my contractors or buy materials for, for the projects that I'm building, right? if I'm seeing that that percentage is going up like we had in during the 2020 years, right. When lumber was short, I'm looking at, okay, I see that my mats and subs account is requiring more than what I'm putting in it. And now I'm, I'm able to detect inflation that's happening. Right. And, and so, although I have a great accounting system, if I get a little bit behind, I can still see where that tightness is happening and really be able to monitor what's happening in my finances.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, which question I'm kind of curious about before we get too much further is, are you working with, you clearly know your stuff when talking about the construction industry. Are you working with a lot of contractors specifically, or do you have a wide range of kind of industries you you work with?
2: So, you know, I've, I've never been one that could want to niche um, in any particular area, but I do work with a lot of contractors. I've actually taught for the New York Economic Development Council, their construction um, companies that are part of that. So I, I, I know construction pretty well.
0: That's awesome. I think that's specifically inter- interesting in this space, just because construction is so cash heavy. Um, you, you constantly hear cash is king in the construction world. Um, so I'd have to imagine that there's maybe a different set of challenges or maybe the same challenges may be presented a slightly different way when working with a construction company. What are kind of the, some of the common financial challenges that that industry specifically faces?
2: So I think one of the biggest things that um, the construction industry faces, Charlie, is first of all, and, and I don't want to repeat what I said, but it's just not having a system in place to create that intentional profitability. So not having a cash management system in place. So they're literally, it's like, you know, when there's a lot, they spend a lot. When there's little, they're they're in panic, right? right. Or they're in a lot of debt um, in order to keep up with their, their, their spending cycles that they've been in. So really, first of all, having a system that creates intentional profitability. The next thing that I see with construction companies is are, you know, there's really no way a lot of times they don't have the infrastructure in place to monitor you know, when they're being successful and when they're not being successful on their projects. So they're not finding a way to how do I course create? And that's where, you know, a software like Builder trend really helps because now you can do job costing. Now you can go, okay, I had really great gross margins on this project here, but really bad gross margins on this other project. You know, who was doing that bad project? Which set of contractors were working on that? You know, if I'm a GC, Right. Um, and which ones were working on the the one that had really great gross margins And, and how do we learn what we did well so we can not repeat the ones that do bad, right? And again, it's having that infrastructure in place that you can recognize, hey, where am I successful? Where am I not being successful? And looking at it from a job by job Standpoint and and really allocating not just your construction costs but and your subcontractor costs but your payroll costs if you if you have your own people working on it where are you profitable where are you not profitable so those are probably the big keys that I see there um, and then like the other one that I see is you know when they are um, successful is you know again it goes back to the cash management side putting aside money for taxes, right? Because, you know, if you're having a great year, which all of you are going to be having a great year because you guys are using Build-A-Trend, right? Mm -hmm. You know, making sure that you're, you know, that you're reserving for that responsibility. And like I said, you're going to use great tax strategy, right? You're going to have a great accountant that's going to tell you, hey, these are some things that you can do to strategically lower your taxes without increasing expenses. I think that's another thing that I want to stress. Too many tax accountants tell people, oh, go out and buy that truck, you know, get that Section 179 buy that big gas guzzler out there, you know, and it kind of scares me because I feel like we're going to see a whole bunch of electric vehicle, heavy vehicles out there, which is going to be really expensive, right? And put a lot of people in debt. But there are other ways to build wealth through taxation, right? Maybe what I want to do if I'm a closely held company is I'm going to fund my KIOG plan. I'm going to fund my self-employed 401k. I'm going to put away about $66,000 a year in my retirement. I'm going to get a tax deduction because I'm putting it away, but instead of actually expensing it and giving it to somebody else, I'm just passing the money to, to my future self one day through my retirement accounts, right? So really using sound tax strategy to go, you know, how do I get a tax write-up, but at the same time building my wealth. You know, there are some electric vehicles that if you guys do really need a vehicle out there that you can get a $40,000 credit for if you buy that under your company, right? And so again, you know, looking at what are the needs of my company and how do I match the tax strategy with that?
0: Yeah, that's great advice there. I think something you hit on that really touched home to me is like uh, – Diving into, I, I'm a data scientist by trade, so diving into the data and understanding what were my margins on these different projects and why, right? And that's shameless plug. The great thing about Builder Trend is you can go into your budget view, you can go through all your historical jobs, see exactly what your actuals to expected were, see exactly what your margins were, um, and then dive into, okay, well, what went good or what didn't go good, um, and having that system of records to really be closely tied to your financial situation and understand how that money is moving and why it's moving that way. I think the tracking and the accountability of that is something that's often overlooked.
1: What do you think it is when you're working with businesses that's holding them back from, you know, putting in place these systems that ensure that they're going to remain profitable? Like, what are some of the hurdles that you have to work them through before it clicks? So I think the first thing is that
2: businesses have different needs depending on the stage of their business. You know, if you're just starting out, right, and, and you don't have a lot of different jobs that are going on, you know, your your needs are going to be very different, right? You can maybe outsource that accounting, but as you grow and you're scaling and you've got multiple projects going on, you've got millions of dollars in contracts, right? You got to have, you're going to have to have the systems in place to really bring that that data to you so that you can analyze and see what's going on because you're not going to be at every job site. You're not going to be ordering every every lumber order, right? You're, you're going to really be needing to look at it holistically and, and be able to report pretty quickly. And so it's a matter of, you know, having the appropriate process for the place that you're at. You know, um, I'm a fractional CFO. I usually come in when companies are above seven figures, um, anywhere from, you know, about 1.5 million to 50 million is typically where I come in. And, and we're helping them put in those systems in place. Like if you, you know, at that point, you know, you're, probably too big to have an outsource accounting firm at that point. It's time to start building that internal structure. It's time to bring in that in-house bookkeeper, maybe that accountant um, and train and put in those systems in place so that you can actually be able to do progress billing, see where you're at on different jobs, look at job profitability, that type of thing versus waiting on pins and needles to the end of the month, to the end of next month to get your financials so that you can see how you did.
0: Yeah, I think that's yeah. That's, this is already just such an incredible podcast interview. <laughs> I, I'm loving it so far. Um, well, a question that I have that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on is like construction specifically um, is typically really competitive from a pricing standpoint. What advice do you have for contractors to kind of weigh the balance of being highly profitable, but also being competitive with pricing as well as, I guess, customer satisfaction on top of that and kind of finding that sweet spot?
2: That's an interesting question, Charlie, because every industry is highly competitive. You can even say that accountants are highly competitive, right? Um, you know, grocery stores are highly competitive. And and I'll tell you this, you are in a you are in a highly competitive field until you're not, right? And and really, you know, I always tell my clients that, you know, your pricing is no more than your own self evaluation of your worth, right? and it's up to you to create that blue ocean. You know, I always tell people, you know, take that you don't have to get sophisticated. Take that iPhone or that Google Android phone and walk around your 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 house that you just built and go, you know, this is what I did and this is the couple that's going to be moving into this and I am so excited about this project because this is what how this house is going to change my client's life, right? And 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 really really match what you're doing with your personality so that people, their consumers can really match who you are, right? Give them a reason to buy specifically from you. You know, if you're the person that does the best of this, you know, the ground or whatever your specialty is, you need to show that this is why you are the best at how you do it. And so really, it's about differentiation and really giving your market a reason to buy from you. Because like I said, you know, you're in a red ocean until you're not.
1: I know you mentioned at the top of the interview, you know, your book, um, is specifically advice for, um, minority owned businesses. And though you coach all types of business, I don't want to discount that aspect of your career because digging into your, your website, you are just amazing. You're the first in your family to go to college, the first to write a book, the first to work at a top, top four firm, um, why is this topic important? Because minority-owned businesses are quickly growing, and especially in the construction zone. Like, what skills did they need to set them apart on an unlevel playing field?
2: You know, this is a great question. And and I was really passionate about this book because, you know, um, because I feel like as a first-generation entrepreneur and as You know, many minority businesses are, you know, we just don't know, we don't know, right? And and so this book was really created to equip them with the things that they don't know. You know, in this book, I talk about government contracting, for example. You know, everybody goes, I want a government contract. And they see the millions and they go, this must be a whole lot of money. But they don't realize that even on a $50 million job, you can still run a million dollar loss, Right. If your pricing isn't right, if you don't know, you know, if you're hit by inflation, right, you can easily run a million dollar loss. And so it's not about just throwing out a number. It's about really tracking and accurately being able to analyze your historical costs to figure out, you know, is this a project I should even Entertain. Should I stay up all night writing this RFP or should I just say no bed? Right. It's really important. Um, I talk about tax strategy. Again, you know, a lot of people, you don't know what you don't know. You know, they're going out and buying trucks when they should be putting away and, and funding their 401ks, right? Even creating a pension plan if you're a closely held company. And again, you don't know what you don't know. And so this book is really designed to really empower and, and really even that playing field from a knowledge perspective.
0: Gosh, I love that. I think that a lot of the things that you're saying are gonna hit home really close to the the our listeners um in the industry and, and, and outside of the industry as well too, because everything that you said is it's applicable no matter what. Um so as Courtney said, this is gonna get released around February. Uh Q one, still time to get your your planning in for the year. So for people maybe brand new to this, flying by the Sea of Patterns for the seat of their pants for a long time have been successful they're listening to this is hitting home they're like okay i need to get a process in place what are kind of like abc steps that they should take to start developing and start thinking in this sort of manner other than obviously always, go out and buy your profit first book yeah that's step one <laughs> after that
2: De- definitely i love your step one definitely go out and buy the book profit first minority business enterprises no matter who you are buy the book but um you know i think that every every journey starts with understanding your why. And, you know, I know that, you know, that's the Simon Sinek um, book, but, you know, you have to know what you are working for at the end of the day, because, you know, if you allow life to create your path, life will create your path, right? Somebody else will set your agenda and create where you go. And so I think as business owners, you know, okay, I love my business, but where do I want to be in 10 years from now? You know, when I retire, how do I want to live? Do I want to live rent-free because I paid off my house, right? Do I want to be able to retire one day? And I think a lot of us, I think most of us would say, yes, we do. And so knowing those things, where I want to end up, that's how you really create that journey to get where you're going, right? We start with X and then we create that way to to get to X. Um, And the next thing is, you know, from a profit-first standpoint, you know, I have some recommended percentages that a healthy company should be at based upon a study that was done by Profit First Professionals. And and you can get that by going to ProfitMap.co and downloading that. But, um, you know, you don't have to start off there. You know, it's the small shifts that will guarantee your success. So start with 1%. Start with 1% allocation for profit. If if that's where you're starting, that's where you you start. You know, how do you get to a million dollars? One dollar at a time. Right. And so start with a one percent allocation and just build it from there. The next quarter go to two. The next quarter after that go to three. And just keep building your percentages until you reach those those goals of what a healthy company looks like. So that's that's the next thing that I would say with that. And three, you know, look at where you're at for your stage of business and get the right help that you need, right? From An accounting standpoint, a tax standpoint, to make sure that you know you don't pay more than you have to pay, and that you have the right system in place that's going to take you to that next level.
1: What I'm hearing is a message to think about your future self. I thought is interesting. So many examples. You say you know fund your four hundred and one k, pay yourself a salary. These things of these business owners, these those seem so simple, but they might not be thinking about their future self and what they want for their, their self or have empathy for, you know, who they're, they are going to be in 10 years. It seems so simple, but if they think about where they want to be, that could be a, just a mindset shift that leads to profits.
2: Absolutely. It starts with the end, right? It starts with the end. And then everything else is just creating the path to get there.
0: I know off that point, Courtney, we had, I can't remember who specifically it was. It may have been Russ Stevens. Um, We talked similar sort of conversation, but he said that a lot of times people almost don't want to believe that they can do that. They can be more profitable. They can plan ahead because they've gone at it for so long without doing that, that it almost seems like they wasted time. So they wanted say that no this is the only way that we can do it there's no better way and it's like a mindset switch to be like there is a better way you can improve and you haven't wasted time you've built a very successful business but Just because you've gotten to this point doesn't mean that you can't go to your next point, right, with the same mindset.
1: Yeah, nothing changes if nothing changes. So, like, what worked for you to get here isn't what's necessarily going to work to get there. So, if you've been, you know, covering your eyes, looking at your Excel sheets and just hoping, you know, like, I'm going to be able to fund my next project. Hopefully, the cash flow is positive. (laughs) Um, You know, that might not get you to where you need to be in 2024. Uh, You can bring your hands down and, and take a hard look at your finances for your business.
0: Cool. Well, we are getting close on time. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we will definitely link. What'd you say one more time? It was uh, ProfitMath.co. What was the?
2: You got it. ProfitMath.co. And I'll give you the, the, the percentages, common size percentages of a healthy company. Like how much From a percentage of your revenue goes to profit, what percentage goes to owner's pay, what percentage goes to tax, and then what percentage should be going to operating expenses?
1: Yeah, what a great resource. And we'll make sure we link some of the books because I love some of the the literature that you dropped. Um, We'll link those in the show notes for all of our listeners. Make sure you check there.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate the conversation. I learned a lot. Uh, Hopefully our listeners did too.
1: I know. I'm going to go home and actually look at my, I have a a doc called Bills That Kills. Maybe I need to redo redo my my own personal finances for 2024. But I think this message is perfect for right before IBS. Um, And it's never too late. You don't have to start on January 1st. You can start on February 1st, uh, the day this episode drops. Thanks for being here, Suzanne. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, another fantastic episode. I think this is one of the first times that I've just exclaimed in the middle of recording that uh, this is one of my favorite episodes ever. So a little embarrassing, but it was great. Courtney, what did you think?
1: Well, is anybody surprised that your favorite episode is the one about numbers?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. No, they shouldn't be. They should not be. That was very on brand.
1: Yeah, I think that the timing of this episode is perfect because profitability is top of mind for a lot of the customers that we work with, a lot of the ones that I hear from. I think people are nervous about what's ahead because we have an election coming up, what's the economy been like, how's inflation affecting the market. But what Suzanne offers is a method, a light at the end of the tunnel to say that if you think about and plan for your future, you can remain a profitable business, no matter those outside factors that you can't control as a business owner. And I think that's a really comforting message heading into this year. I know a lot of builders are bullish on it, but those businesses that set themselves apart are going to be the ones who are making sure that they're investing in their future and that they're here for the long run.
0: Yeah. I mean, calming message for sure. And also maybe this is just me personally but also a little scary because it's like oh wait i am accountable for my finances my profitability even personally outside of a business it's like i can control this like i think a lot of times and again speaking solely for myself it's kind of like it's nice to have that built-in excuse of like oh well i don't know what's going to happen and suzanne was saying no you can plan for it and you can make sure that you continue to be profitable during uncertain times. So it's definitely a bit of a mindset switch, I think. Um, but if done right, can be quite literally life changing.
1: Yeah, I think about the comparison. We did a data report after the pandemic, after mm-hmm. 2020 here. A builder trend in what we found is that a lot of builders were forced to adopt technology and right. to adopt processes and systems to adapt to the totally unforeseen circumstance, right? And it made them more successful. Yeah. And right now there isn't a climate that's forcing anyone to be proactive <laughs> about yeah. their business, but they're going to reap the rewards if they take this like almost lull or calm before a storm yeah. to plan ahead for the future. Don't be caught off guard. Don't make an emergency situation or you know, an election or an inflation hike again. To say, whoa, I need to plan ahead. Like you always have the power to make some moves uh, for your future. I like how she said that if you don't set your agenda, someone else is going to set it for you. And so write your story. Where do you want your business to be in
0: 10 years? Yes, Courtney. Yes, absolutely. Snaps Snaps are all the way around. (laughs) Uh, Again, this is releasing early February, so still plenty of time. Uh, to go out, set down, nail those goals, build that forecast, upgrade your builder trend package. Yeah. And most importantly, when this releases, we'll be two days away from Courtney's birthday. Uh-huh. Yeah. So everyone go out and <laughs> leave a comment wishing Courtney a happy birthday oh, while you're so at it. Like, review, subscribe. I guess your review will just be happy birthday, Courtney. Yeah. Um, and if That'd you That'd be want, such
1: a great birthday gift.
0: Yeah. That would be a fantastic birthday gift. Um, all you could ever ask for sure, (laughs)
1: is a podcast review and you know if you are getting ready to come out to las vegas for the builder show at the end of the month make sure you come visit us at our booth uh it's kind of hard to miss but we'd love to see our customers in person we'd love to talk to you about profitability we will be having a lot of events a lot of talks all around the topic so make sure you come say hi
0: are we doing happy hour again this year? Oh yeah. So okay. the
1: first two days there'll be happy hours, two to five. The first day is like our supplier connect. You can meet some of our purchasing partners and the second day is meet the pros. So we're Ooh. inviting out. Yeah. This is probably the first time like people will hear about it, but, um, uh, we're inviting out all of our favorite influencers, people like Brad Lovett, Joe Christensen, Meg Billings, who I mentioned, Zach, uh, Watovich. Yeah, Zach, Zach Watovich will be there. You can get an autograph, um, but come connect, come meet the people, uh, behind the software we love to see you
0: see this is why you always have to listen until the very end of the episode because you never know what nuggets courtney might drop yeah right we're before gonna, we sign off
1: we'll give you some surprises and some sneak peeks so. i
0: love it well thank you as always for tuning in until next time i'm charlie burt i'm
1: courtney Matern.
0: and we'll see you soon